send you lovely fate. Carmelita, hold me tighter. The champion of the battle of the tough guys is... Welcome back, brand new, rebrand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, rebranding. That's where we've been. I mean, we've been off for months, but that's because we were just in a dream yurt <laughs> trying to work out where we were going. What is this? What's throwing, the listening party? What works? What doesn't? That, throwing that beanbag around. <laughs> yes, and how? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, as you can see, Mike, I brought all of the mood boards with me. Mm-hmm. All 400 mood boards crowded around my tiny recording space. I mean, we ran up the flagpole. If anyone's seen Planes, Trains and Automobile, where the guy at the marketing company is just sat there looking at the boards of one woman wearing a certain necklace, another woman wearing a certain necklace. We've essentially been in that boardroom for the last six months. So we are now the opinions of men of no consequence that's correct formerly the listening party of adam and mike if you're listening to us on the current feed there is no change in which case ignore wolf is part of the show rebrand um but uh, yes. if you are listening to us from previously uh yeah it's, it's been a while i'm sorry that that is almost entirely my fault there's been so much real <laughs> life and running up the flagpole of rebrand up the uh up the wazoo yeah, yeah, it was quite difficult actually to sit with um, all of marketing, given the chaos that my life was for a, a spell. I mean, you click advertise on Facebook and you think spend five pounds. Nine months later, you're just coming out of a wormhole, and hundreds of thousands have been spent. And <laughs> yeah. God, Mark Zuckerberg took me for a ride. <laughs> Nothing to show for it either. Nothing to show for it. Just, just a, a yo sushi date with Nick Clegg. wasn't worth wasn't worth it absolutely appalling thought (laughs) so yes we are back rebrand rebrand as the opinions of men of no consequence for we are men and we have yet to gain consequence and we have many opinions and yes although the, the party you know titularly may be over the feeling is not gone we're still in a room Let's be fair, though, as a parties go, it was very similar to a lot of parties that we attended together in that we were talking on our own. Yes, in a corner away from everyone. to a very small group of (laughs) invited guests, many of whom were on the same course. And then we made our leave early to go to a quiet pub. So, yeah, it's it's much, it's basically we've done the podcast version of that. We have sort of left the party going because we're pretty, they're going to keep going. If anything, it was too popular. Yeah, we, we got too big, everyone. Yeah. Um, when we started throwing in like the Kanye's of the world and the Spice Girls, it got too big. So we, we brought it back a little bit. And now we're just sitting in a lovely corner of uh, an old band pub somewhere. Um, although, you know, although that you know, synopsis and the title saying men of no consequence may put it firmly in the sausage party. We welcome all people to this. I can't say party. I feel like I can't say party anymore. Event. This mm, Symposium. Uh, Yes, welcome everyone. You are welcome to the symposium I mean, of opinion. It's got to be said that we haven't. Oh no, we've had one woman, haven't we? We've had Michelle, but we've. Yes. We're not not drowning in skirts. 
But not for want of trying. They've just all got better things to do. Yeah, they, yeah, they usually walked away. Yeah. And quite, and, and quite right to do so. Both of us, both of our partners uh, would have absolutely no truck with this. No, no, my partner's never listened to a single second of anything I've ever podcasted. Uh, I just tell her it's going great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going really good. Yeah, people are actually listening, I think. They are. They're listening in their dozens. <laughs> do a dozen. There's a dozen of them. There's a dozen. And thank each and every one of you for doing that. <laughs> because of that crippling success, we felt a rebrand. It's <laughs> it. <laughs> do you yeah. want to maybe tell the boys and girls what the rebrand <laughs> the rebrand allows us to do? What license oh, does it give us? What doesn't it let not let us do, Adam? Well, twice. Uh, we can. We're now thinking we might talk beyond mere music and albums. We may talk about films. <laughs> there you go. I mean, let's be honest. I could say we're going to talk about books and plays and news of the world. We're not. No, we're no. really not. Books. Books take too long between episodes. When was the last time you saw a fucking play? I'm not going to do the fucking news. I'm not fucking news. Um, do we count plays that you could? Dream on your telly. Yes, <laughs> we will count that. So at some point there will be a Hamilton episode, everyone. Look forward and, to that. And one man, two governors, probably. I'm not watching that shit. That's James really Gordon. funny. It's James Corden. It's the best. Uh, well, I like Governor Stacey. It's the second best thing he's ever done. <laughs> Gulp. Rebrand. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's that one thing is not affected by the rebrand. There's the, the sound of opening cans, which litters our work. <laughs> This foggy, smoke-filled room <laughs> can. Sorry, I got to go to the loop. <laughs> clang, clang. So we fought for this uh, the first episode of the rebrand and a new enterprise. Adam thought we'd choose an album, but it's maybe yeah, maybe a little bit outside our wheelhouse. Well, I thought it would be uh, new or newish to both of us. Cards on the table. Because I am who I am, and that is to say a caricature of a certain sort of man. A certain sort of man. I read a Guardian long read. <laughs> oh, for fuck. I didn't know that was the genesis of this. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and uh, thought it sounded interesting. So I spoke to a friend of mine who is younger than I am. Well, because they're younger than me and they, uh, they used to be very into the scene. Mm. You know, you straighten fringes. And um, gave me a few pointers, and I started listening to this album. I should also say, in the interest of transparency, this was probably, what, four months ago? Yeah, we've been sitting on this one a little while. When I contacted you, you saying, wow, Mike, I've just heard this thing. It's great. We should do a podcast. Then, that didn't happen. Yeah, then it's like, well, looking at my calendar, I've got this book to put that in. Yeah, Wait, you are, you're literally talking about the birth of my second child. When you say I've got this yeah. book also, Actually, also, I'd just like to... Fr- yeah, yeah, Adam's had a second child, everyone. Mazel tov! But also, <laughs> for everyone keeping a score over all these podcasts, you've been, if you've been with us since the Bowie podcast, I've got another new job! <laughs> so, How many is that now? So in the time you did listen, if you've been listening to us since Bowie, since 2016, it's probably my, I'm on my fourth, fifth job? At this point, I would Whereas, like to say I'm not fired from all of them. I just got a uh, a note through the post commending me on my ten years of active duty at my my place oh, of employment. You have tenure. 
ten you're years. Like, you're like a seasoned university lecturer. I have got. I've just got to confirm. Tenure and ten years are two different things. It sounds like <laughs> the same, though. Ten years and two children. That's that's the score. Your whereas your four to five jobs. Four to five jobs, childless, petless. Yes. We haven't actually said the album yet. So for this massive rebrand where we're going to cover any topic under the sun, we've chosen three albums. <laughs> well, stick with what works. Yeah, we'll keep it slightly comfortable. So we are, we, you know, we've not said it yet, but we are listening to and talking about The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, which you have already guessed from downloading in the rebranded feed. Rebrand. Uh cards on the table when i messaged you it was all i was listening to and it uh, I, I thought it was incredible four months later i think it's really good mm. uh but it, i no longer have the white heat of ah. discovery um i've lived with it for a bit haven't listened to it actively in a while because you know there's other stuff isn't there but it's i still think it's the belter mike i really do mm. And I think that were I the right age for it, oh man, it would have got me big. Oh, yeah, I could, have, I, I could, I could see you getting into this big. It would have grabbed me by the jaffers. It really would, if if I was the right age for it. If I was seventeen or possibly younger when this erupted, Jesus. So I had a brother who was very much into them at the time. So I listened to. My Chemical Romance and Black Parade through osmosis, but I don't remember at the time it particularly catching my attention, because I think of when this particular album came out, I was full-blown into my hip-hop renaissance, which I, I very much got into back at university, plus all that Johnny Cash, Nick Cave business. So this sort of, I think this was a pretty much a one-and-done listen to me when it first came out, but I, I too have enjoyed going back to it and sort of re-listening. It's um, it's a ballsy record. I think mm. they are whatever happened. I mean, obviously, it did really well for them, but the the nads on them to basically reject their stable that they'd been sort of pigeonholed in and create this enormous thing, mm, this massive which, theatrical thing, when they're gone from emo pop yeah, punk yeah, essentially. Yeah. Let's be fair, I imagine there were a lot of people in that scene, that community, that really were not after a sprawling concept album that borrows oh. heavily from Queen. Monocle smashed all over the shop, <laughs> yeah. as I imagine the emo scene were heavy on. Yeah, without question. Um, are you even a scene if you're not wearing a monocle? Mm-hmm. As I believe Bullet from My Valentine recorded? Yeah. Or... <laughs> Or if you don't have a hat on your head for it to fly off in amazement. I tried whistling, but I couldn't whistle. That was disturbing. There you go. There you go. You got it back. Yeah. Back, baby. Yes. It's a a smash. I mean, yes, we've rebranded, but are we too cool now for a bit of context? Oh, hell. (laughs) (laughs) Context. So, My Chemical Romance were formed on the 12th of September, 2001. Under a full moon. Well, under the shadow of a massive world event that happened the day before. Oh, God, yeah, that. 
<laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I woke up on the 12th of September t- 2001 and, and my first thought wasn't, must form a bloody band today. It's top of my list. Ooh, oh, God. Got to get that bit of admin done. Well, it was, uh, I remember I was on my way home from school when that event was on the news. I was sat in a geography lesson when it actually happened. So the band, well, the band's had many versions through the years, but um, the, the quintet we'll be focusing on for the Black Parade consists of lead vocalist Gerard Way, lead guitarist Roy Toro. Uh, is it, I can't read my writing. I can't remember if it's Roy or Ray. Shit, that's going to come back to haunt me in the edits. Am I going to keep this in? Maybe I will. Rebrand, baby. <laughs> Just call him R. Mr. R. <laughs> I'll call him Mr. Toro. Mr. Toro. <laughs> Rhythm guitarist Frank Hero and bassist Mikey Way, Gerard's brother. And they started off as a rock, pop punk and emo infused band. Emo also is a, a label they wholeheartedly reject. They're just songwriters, yeah? Despite it being wholeheartedly accurate. Although emo is a little bit like indie. It's one of those things it's kind of like it was never an actual genre it was something more a label if anything yeah no i no i can see that yeah the base you know what emo is everyone it's sort of swipey fringe lyrics about your feelings and the singer uh, usually sounding like he's about to burst out of his shirt lots of black uh, often sort of juxtaposed with neon mm, yeah lots of black hearts and daggers or barbed wire through them yeah, yeah. Lots of really overwrought lyrics about feelings. Uh, it's it, my sorry. A Black Parade is the first studio album by the band after I Bought You My Bullets, You Bought Me Your Love. And yeah. Free Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Still a great title. It is. It's a much better title than the first one. But this was their third record. The third. Considering Imagine that, though. This was released on the 20th of October 2006. So. A little over five years after they even formed, they're releasing this huge theatrical massive album. You can call it an opus, can't you? Mm. Without fear of reprisals. It's a very ambitious thing. I find that so impressive. Yeah. And the album is produced by the band, uh, co-produced by Rob Cavello, who also worked with Green Day, Linkin Park, Eric Clapton, Alanis Morissette, Sabbath, Paramore and uh, many more. Plus many more. And, <laughs> and many more star attractions. <laughs> swinging, swingy heads. It's a rock opera based on a dying character with cancer known as the patient. It tells the story of his apparent death, his experiences in the afterlife, and subsequent reflections on his own life. Yes, and in keeping with all great concept albums it features some songs where you think you just had that line around didn't you mm. that that's not that's not actually part of this story oh there's definitely a, a good couple of tracks on here where it's just like oh you just wrote down for as a banger got you're really crowbarring out into this narrative aren't you yeah yeah teenagers bears absolutely oh, no absolutely, relation to the rest yep. of the plot no that was written as a single yep yep uh and it's the only studio album to feature drummer bob Breyer before he left in 2010 Oh, Bobby B. Oh, Bobby B. One time deal. It debuted at debuted <laughs> at number two on the Billboard 200, and it was number one. Sorry, no, and number two in the UK charts. But That's incredible, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's something it, that you know teenagers like, teenagers. and that is 
I mean, it probably, do you think it helped them or hindered them that the Daily Mail uh, led a campaign against them? Did they? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Daily Mail accused them. Of, well, have a guess what they accused them of. Uh, school shootings? Uh, not school shootings, because it's this country. It's the other one. It's suicide and self-harm. Oh, okay. Which probably leads to school shootings. It's like when they blamed So Solid Crew for violent crime. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I remember this very vividly in Daily Mail. They had a, a dictionary for what Ebonics meant. So Ebonics is sort of like mm, yeah, lang- yeah. language of the street. And they had platinum whip equaled pistol platinum whip is a, it's a whip is a car yeah um so you're literally you're literally just printing bollocks if you are um a cave dweller or not from this country the daily mail is the worst of all the newspapers it um the irony about it taking against people is that it leads to the most horrific social division they hate everybody that isn't old rich and white mm. Uh, the album also gave the band their first number one single in the UK with Welcome to the Black Parade. And Which it also... is incredible. Again, yeah. I know I keep interrupting you, but they've described, the band have described that as their Bohemian Rhapsody with some justification. I don't think it'll have quite the lifespan that Bohemian Rhapsody has had. I don't no, think it's got it needs... the same level of crossover appeal. But It doesn't hell. have a Wayne's World moment. For one. What a weird little song about... <laughs> Dying. <laughs> He's dying. He's dying. Yeah, and it also went, yeah, went triple platinum in the US and the UK, and it received largely positive reviews on release, including in 2020, Rolling Stone ranked the album as 361 on their 500 greatest albums of all time. Uh, the Observer, for balance, hated it. Oh, what did they Two do? stars. Ah. Oh. That's, that's unfair. <laughs> The album's concept came to Gerard Way as death coming to him as a parade, a notion of death appearing to a person in the form of one of their fondest memories, in Gerard Way's case, seeing a marching band as a child, which is in fact a line in Welcome to the Black Parade. It is. Bit, I, I appreciate it's art, but mm, does that not strike you as massively reductive? In what way? Well, like, if... if, if, if like, how does death choose the memory? What if you haven't got this, like, a crystallising moment, like watching a sodding marching band? What if you're, let's say you're workaday, and it's like the birth of your child, but you've mm. that, the rest of that kid's life not there. So is it just the baby that would... It doesn't work for me as an image. Now, well, they also didn't some... check with me, but... <laughs> but don't some people think that heaven will be you reliving your fondest memory over and over again? So heaven, heaven looks like a string of pubs, doesn't it? <laughs> as far as the eye can see. <laughs> uh, 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 heaven will sound like two more. <laughs> Just the two. Yeah, there's nobody else here. <laughs> Very quiet. So touring, the band donned black marching uniforms, similar to Sergeant Pepper's. Way would affect poses similar to Bob Geldof in The Wall, the Pink Floyd film, and Ziggy era Bowie and Freddie Mercury. In fact, uh, Queen, Bowie, Pink Floyd and the Beatles concept albums were all cited as influences because basically if you're making a rock opera album, who doesn't cite those as massive influences? Well, you can physically hear them in a lot of the record. Yeah. 
And if you watch some of the, the videos for the songs, you can literally see Gerard Way affecting Bowie and Mercury poses. Oh, I haven't watched any of them. Hmm. He's very he's very eye heavy. He does a lot of eye work on it. Very big scowls and lots of teeth on the show. Some would say a bit too affected. Uh, tits mm. and teeth. Showbiz. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. He's making up for the lack of the latter with the former. Or the other way around. The other way around. Hey, it's, I, hey. it's a rebrand, Mike. It's rebrand, everyone. <laughs> Enjoy. You're welcome. And several versions of the album have been released over the years. A slightly different Japanese version was released. A lovely limited edition Velveteen box set version was released, which I imagine now fetches a handsome fee on eBay's. Just want the, I just want the version. The, the version? Yeah. Unusually, for one of these endeavours, I do actually want to buy this. Yeah, I don't actually own a physical version of this. No, I don't, but I'd like to. I'll tell you what I like about My Chemical Romance is the fact that they took so long off after the Black Parade. And apparently my sister was a big fan of theirs, although I, I had no idea of that, possibly because I was at uni. But she went to see their comeback tour, and apparently Gerard Way told an anecdote about going, well, we just thought we're never ever going to be able to top this. So uh, we just sort of called it a day for a decade. Oh, mercy. No, <laughs> not everyone's got a black parade in everyone, Jesus. Which is, I think that's admirable. The number of bands that clearly don't have that self-awareness, that mm. just keep churning out product even when they have not got the songs. If you've just recorded this, fucking well, well done for saying, oh, it's done. Lads, I've got nothing. I was, it's too hot today. I don't even. I've got not a riff. I haven't got a single metaphor about heartbreak. Probably nothing. So four stars from the Guardian, the LA Times, Rolling Stone, Spin, Uncut. Nine out of ten say all music, Blender, NME. It featured on the best of year list for rock sound. Spin, Rolling Stone, NME again, Q and Krang. I think four out of five, nine out of ten. I think these are accurate. I think that's a little bit generous, personally. Hmm. What are you saving those stars for? <laughs> why are you just giving them all away? Well, why not? They're not real. Just let them have them. Is that why you got fired from the Women's Institute <laughs> no, it's, judging. It's why we don't have any consequences. Hey, they're all winners, baby. I ate them all. <laughs> yeah, in the US, it was beaten to number one spot by Hannah Montana. Oh, that's a shame. And in the UK, it was beaten by Robbie Williams' Rude Box. Yeah, I'd say one of these albums is dated slightly better than the other. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can throw Rudebox on now and have a whale of a time. <laughs> I would be fascinated to know who still has a copy of Rudebox. Can you get Rudebox on vinyl, is my question. A... Where is it? Where are all the copies of Rudebox? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to, on, on live on recording, I'll probably just hit my mic, but uh, Rudebox, I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess. You can't buy it on vinyl. Rudebox. Oh, word. Um, nope, nope, nope. Just stickers saying fuck off. That's not even a, just a bad joke. That's literally what I'm saying. Good. Okay. 
Uh, so, yep, yeah, yeah, uh, no, no rude box vinyl. What so, CDs so, going for? Um, I'm gonna have to go to eBay for that. Just to well, it sold in huge numbers because it was Robbie Williams. I'm gonna guess you can probably get it for a penny on eBay. Rude box. Oh, it's not the first. You're getting a lot of. Oh, 99p. And we'll start at 99p. A bit high, isn't it? Uh, 198. One pound. I got one pounder here. Oh, 25p. I got 25p here. Starting bid. It's got three days left. Oh, double bill with I've been expecting you. Three pound 45. <laughs> That's too much. That's <laughs> too much, everyone. Uh, yeah, lots of 99p's here. Gonna have to do rude box. Do we? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've never listened to it. No, neither have I. <laughs> but I've got questions. <laughs> I remember. I'm not sure I, I have the answers. A, I remember at the time a lot of um, music press and journalists of repute were saying things like, "It's actually really interesting. It's quite a challenging record. Uh, he's, he's really being quite experimental. What does experimental look like if you're Robbie Williams?" And your Frank Sinatra impression has worn off. You're farting in a box and putting it through a vocoder. <laughs> farting in a box and putting farting it through in a vocoder. <laughs> Someone, we have a right to know. Someone has to know. Be damned if it's us, but someone has to know. <laughs> yes, uh, and while touring. The band dubbed themselves The Black Parade for the first part of their performance, needing many people to believe that they were a separate opening act for themselves. Uh, yeah. Who are these people that believe that? It could be a bit like when the Bronx performers El Mariachi Bronx and do their own uh, support act as a mariachi band. Are they a band? Or... Yes. Right, good. Yes, the Bronx, the Bronx are a band and they perform as El Mariachi Bronx. Oh, terrific. Uh, they could easily have been a sporting team. What In what sport did the Bronx play? <laughs> basketball. <laughs> okay, that's a sport. Probably, well bas- probably basketball. Not tennis. Um, the only, I think the bigger question that you're not addressing is how many sporting teams need a warm-up band? <laughs> I just like the Mariachi idea. Of, or otherwise. <laughs> I just like the idea of a, t- a tennis team. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't, can't, can't get them all. <laughs> and now Andre Agassi versus the Bronx. Andre Agassi still plays, doesn't he? I don't know. <laughs> Didn't know who the Bronx were. I don't really follow any you're, sport or tennis team. Fans. A team of tennists. A, t- a crack team of tennists. Yes, the tour itself, the Black Parade what is. What the Bronx do? Uh, it's they... a great band. What do the Bronx do? <laughs> They're tennists. Oh, good. A team of? Yeah, a team of tennists. A team of 10-ton tennists. Yeah, they were a smash hit at last year's Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, I bet they were, yeah, because they were playing individual people. <laughs> yeah. So like, they imagine bulldozed you were, into the court. <laughs> imagine if you were the polyphonic spree of tennis. Oh. <laughs> Andy Murray versus... <laughs> The Bronx. Oh, shite. They're filming a Sainsbury's advert while we play. <laughs> Jamie Oliver's here. Oh, oh, oh. lemons everywhere. <laughs> An olive oil. <laughs> oh, famous olive oil gangster, Jane Oliver. Yeah. And chili Ch- magnate. 
seriously, everyone, if you look through one of his recipe books, it's either lemon or olive oil everywhere. So the Black Parade, the tour suffered several cancellations and some members needing to leave for medical or personal reasons, including family illnesses, food poisoning, wrist injuries <laughs> and wanting to spend time with spouses. I, I fail to see in this rebrand, Adam, how that's funny. What other possible reasons could they have for not attending the tour? <laughs> um, they had a red card through the Royal Mail in the post box. Yep. Tennis elbow, probably. <laughs> from whacking all those t- balls away Against from the Bronx. Against the Bronx, yeah. <laughs> um, MOT appointment. Yeah, that all checks out. Poor weather. Yeah, traffic. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Jared White couldn't be here today. He, uh, he had to go do the big shop with the missus. Jared Way couldn't be here today. He's he's actually feeling a little bit run down and he thought he'd better save himself for Saturday night. So everyone, Jared Way couldn't be here. The new episode of Better Call Saul's out today. You know, you know how it goes. We're all, we're all hooked to us. Sorry, everybody, but let's all be honest with ourselves. Jared Way is sitting on his sofa in his pants watching the snooker, having a, a gay old time. Of a snooker a band? Yeah, they play tennis. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'd like to watch out. I'd love to see the grudge match between them and the Bronx. God, can you imagine the volleys into the crowd? You, 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 you would leave out of that the snooker. <laughs> can you dig it? Said the umpire. What were we doing calling our musical side project Monkfish when the snooker was right there? Snooker, yeah. Who is watching the snooker? <laughs> Incidentally, everyone, if you haven't yet heard our musical side project, Monkfish, uh, we invite you to go on to SoundCloud to find the album Vital Ass Ever. I say album, two song uh, EP. Vital Ass Ever, search Monkfish. They're spoken word pieces set to ambient music. Imagine, if you will, the starting off point was Marion Faith and Warren Ellis's uh, last album, uh, the name of which escapes me, uh, even though I have several copies of it. That was album called. Why can't I read it from here? My eyesight is going. Let's just say the wind that shakes the fart noise. Um, yes, so inspired by that, Monkfish, vital ass ever. Look it up. Look it up. Anyway. Or don't. It's entirely up to you. Rebrand. So. Shall we begin at the end? Yes. Sea yeah. elephants with beep, beep, beep. Oop. Presumably we're in some sort of hospital. Or some sort of makeshift. I don't know. Can't be asked. What was the first thing that struck you about the end? It's inevitability. <laughs> of course. But other than that. Um, is well, it the bit where he says, I'll make it in drag? This is where I'm going to have to bring up the lyrics, just so I can have them for reference. Um, so come on, you people. That one. Wipe off that makeup. What's in is despair. So flan the black dress, mix in with a lot. I mean, initially... Given that it's meant to be around the narrative of the patient, this does feel like a call to arms for everyone to be very emo and gothy. Well, well, particularly when you read lyrics like, look in the mirror and don't like what you see, you can find out firsthand what it's like to be me. 
yeah again which ties in as we go mm. to the album and you learn more of the patient um it does sort of tie into his own self-loathing and all that but if you're not coming into this with a whole narrative mindset in mind which i don't do down a lot of the listeners first time around but i don't think a lot of people have been sat there going oh boy oh boy i gotta sit here and listen to this hot narrative you'll just be coming at it as a you know, my chemical romance fan you hear lyrics like this and yeah. it just it sounds like a call to arms basically yeah it sounds like um a pile of teenagers because that's who it's aimed at mm. all going oh yuff Flopper. finally somebody's listening ah oh, sweet yeah <laughs> It's only later, like when you know the album gathers momentum, that the greybeards start going. Well, actually, kids, uh, what you're listening to is great. <laughs> if you're if you're just there, sort of presumed, what I presume is their average audience member prior to this record. Yeah, it's business as. <laughs> See, what you got in my head now is the end of that Simpsons episode with the lemon tree of uh, the children as yeah. Shelby used to feel sat around the old man going, yeah. now let's all celebrate for a tall, cool glass of turnip juice. And they celebrated because it was haunted. <laughs> and there was much cheering because it got rid of the awful tree because it was haunted. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. So all of those, but in that scene, everybody in the past year is sat there with a floppy fringe and some eyeliner. And while somebody goes, Const- constantly twisting the all, their necks back to get the, all, the hair out of the eyes. Yeah, all the time. The old black parade. It was actually very good. Let's so, all uh, celebrate. <laughs> it's got to actually harkens back to 1973. You young kids may not notice, Dan, because you were too busy getting the hair out of your eyes. But black parade, that was a narrative. <laughs> well, actually, uh, second track, you might want to listen to a little thing called Five Years. Mm. <laughs> You hear that beeping at the start of the track? That's his hoppy. <laughs> you've, uh, yeah, I see you've uh, all got hair in your eyes and wearing makeup. <laughs> well, it might interest you to know that these, these fellas weren't the first to wear makeup and have hair in their eyes. Don't sorry. <laughs> see those marching band outfits are wearing? Black. <laughs> 1966, actually. Oh, probably. Who is this man? <laughs> Who is this man? I have a horrible feeling it might be me. <laughs> Look into your future, Adam. Well, now, children, let me tell you about a little thing called Sergeant Peppers. Mm. It's you talking to your children in the next 15 years. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> you'll have now, drunk yourself into that accent and... Well, many people, many people will tell you that it's, uh, it's a concept. I've got to tell you it isn't. But it's got shades of... Similar to a little fellow called Ziggy Stardust. Now, sit down now. I'm going to tell you a little story. <laughs> or play you this podcast from 2015. Here's me as a young man with a completely different voice. And often set of opinions. No, not the main ones. They remain the same. But <laughs> records, they move. Oh, those old opinions are very fluid these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I genuinely can't bear to listen to the, the... I can't bear the thought of listening to what I thought about those records. No, we were dickheads. Come on. Of course we were. We've been doing this for, what, six years? It's seven. Shut up. We haven't been podcasting it, for seven. No, it is, it is six. It is six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've still not learned anything. We still sound no, as obviously, shit. it still sounds as shit as the day we started doing this years ago. <laughs> no, it doesn't. We bought microphones, but we, <laughs> we're staring down the barrel of twenty years of doing this thing, like six years or seven of it, that were we thought to record. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Rebrand. Yeah, so the end. It, it also has that vibe of Pink Floyd, The Wall, which I don't think is by accident, Adam. As in. It has that feeling, you arrive here, it feels like we've already been here. And I feel like if you get to the end of the album, you could put on the cycle. If you cut out the hidden track, Blood. Which I think everybody does. Kind of does, and I'm not a big fan of that. But I think if you had just got to the end of Famous Last Words, you could just carry this on and it would almost become cyclical. And do the old, isn't this where we came in? Da-da! Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, Gerald Way said he uh, wanted to this to act as an opener similar to In the Flesh. Uh, he wanted something big that pulled you into the story. It definitely works. Um, it's playful. It's camp. Yeah. It's. Uh, I like the fact, in the whole record, the songs do sort of segue. There's not that many, like you've just been sort of alluding to, there's not that many like hard and fast Beginnings and endings. The whole album is a piece. Well, I, I feel Apart like from um, the hidden trap, which nobody cares about. No, but I feel like every song does finish. I don't, don't feel like it really just like fades into the next. They I'm not saying it's murky. It isn't. Yeah, no, they, but they, they have definite finishes. Cohesive. But then, yeah, they have definitive finishes, but then you're instantly into the next track each time. There's only a handful of them which is sort of like fade out, fade in. A yeah. lot of them are sort of like bang, bang into the next one. And one thing I got, on, particularly on the end, was uh, sort of big Bob Ezrin style production. That very much the uh, Alice Cooper, early 70s, Lou Reed Berlin style. Like everything in their production. Let's make a grand old noise. Like this is a big old carnival about to come into. A parade, if you will. Which is why on Dead, which features a lovely exclamation mark, the fact that Deep. that song sort of erupts at such a canter works mm. brilliantly when you consider that the end built so beautifully from beep, beep. Yeah. And one one other thing I did notice about the end is it's even got doo-wop style backing vocals on it, uh, which again does re time to In The Flesh because In The Flesh has doo-wop-ba-boo as a backing. That warm thrill of confusion, that space cadet glow, boo-doo-boo-boo. So, yeah, it really is in the flesh. So, yes, dead. So, dead starts fittingly with the heartbeat from the end flatlining. And now the party can begin. Yeah, it flatlines and then, yeah, and if your heart stops beating. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's we can good. all enjoy that, can't we? Ah, great stuff. <laughs> Huey Lewis menus, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, and that, uh, if your heart stops beating, I'll be here wondering, did you get what you deserve, the ending of your life? Is that, are we now, is that the patient talking to himself? Or are we thinking at this point, is that maybe his mama talking? Saying this is get get what you deserve? Or is it his partner, who we discover later on is, you know, much, much mistreated as well? It's really hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so it's definitely some of the characters involved in this. Uh, the primary ones are the patient, his partner, Mama, 
doctors. Yeah, sometimes who's speaking is quite hazy and mysterious, or is it a third party narrator? I feel like it's a sort of third party narrator, one makes more sense. Mm. Who would be My Chemical Romance? Yeah. Who, who just chastising this dying cancer patient? The bit where he d- does the doctor voice is very good, isn't it? That's fine. <laughs> and it might <laughs> Does it with a harumph and a haroo. Yep. Have you heard the news that you're dead? That's got to be the doctor singing, isn't it? Which is the chorus. Or is it again? Is that just the... the, Is it though? Is that the MCR chorus? I feel, if we're talking about the characterisation here of this doctor... Yes, uh, yes, yes. The the level (laughs) of... Have you heard the news you're dead? (laughs) Bastard. For one thing, he does a different voice. But secondly, in my honest observation... Your dad! <laughs> it's a two different people, Mike, sure. Oh, sorry, sorry. He's not doing the Walter Matthau. No, possibly not. No one ever had much nice to say, I think they never liked you anyway. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a nice little couplet, isn't it? It's pretty just stinging. That's the other thing I noticed about this album, which <laughs> it's like it's all dressed up as classic emo, everyone, but just these massive sounding riff heavy. Uh, jaunty numbers but actually when you listen to lyrics they're all pretty heart piercing and just go right to the gut i think he's really good mm. no he's great that's jared way has a great you he's know got a skill of doing that. phrase yeah yeah i've just there's a, quite a few lines in this album which actually you almost miss him in the telling then you read them written down you just go oh fuck me that's pretty heart stopping yeah, yeah. do you think i mean i don't think i could do better than tongue-tied and oh so squeamish you never fell in love Mm. That's great. Yeah. Did you get what you deserve the ending of your life? But you hear it on Dead, it sounds almost quite uh, uproarious. You see it written down, it's like, oh, Jesus, that's quite... You, you could do an entirely different version of this album and it would be bleak as fuck. Wouldn't it be grand to take a pistol by the hand? Yeah, I mean, that's that's, on. Al- that's almost Johnny Cash-like lyrics. Yeah, it is. I think I know that this album did really, really well with the Greybeards. I know it did, because it was haunted. But I I still don't think it it gets all of the plaudits it deserves. And I I think Gerard Way is a very good vocalist. Hmm. I like the fact that he does lots of different things. I always like that. (laughs) But I certainly, I got put off a number of these bands because of the the tone that a lot of the vocalists had. Hmm. You know that? (laughs) It's quite... Po-faced and very American. Yeah. And sorry, if, if anyone is hearing any noise in the background, that is just yeah, Adam's yeah. partner is very hungry. <laughs> yeah, she's got a definite sort of three weeks sort of quality to her voice, hasn't she? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Barbara. Barbara was always your one. <laughs> that doesn't quite sound the right way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, I went with Janet. Oh, you're, you're Janet, aren't you? Although in the second rebrand to uh, the listening party, I just said her name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the in the outro as well. Um, just the whole la 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 la. If, if life ain't just a joke, then why are we la- life laughing? Ain't just a joke. I, I know lyrically it's not saying it, but just the feeling it gives. It feels like it's almost going through the five stages of acceptance of grief. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. You know, like the bargaining, song, the anger. The... But a song about the fact that the protagonist is dead 
and it's got this big la 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 refrain. Yeah, it's 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 almost like a beer hall song. Yeah, you can imagine everyone just in rows of massive tables with a big jug and la 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 la. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because later on, there's I think it's Mama. Where oh yeah, that's very umpapa. There's a very definite sort of East European. There's several vibe to it. Yeah, I thought yeah. that it reminded me weirdly of. Um, do you remember Gogol Bordello? Yes, yes. Yeah, it reminded me of them. I mm. think they're Ukrainian, aren't they? Yes, I believe they are. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good shout. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it, and the song's what only three minutes long, and you've got like fanfare exactly. going, exactly. guitar solos. And so to every other album that we've ever done, where are you going? Come on now, wrap it up, Oasis. Somehow I go dragging, drearing on for eight minutes. They managed to fit all of this into three and a bit. Yeah, pretty remarkable, really. And this is how I disappear. I mean, that's a real shame because that's obviously better, but this is still really good. <laughs> that that was a, a reference to Scott Walker's climate of Shandling, everyone. Out between the night. Oh, everyone listens to that now. So the patient reaches out to a former lover, conceding that without her, no one will remember him. So is he reach he's reaching out from beyond the grave at this point, or is he on his deathbed at this point? Because also the net it's, it's a jumpy round narrative as well. That's oh, not linear. Damn it! What of those are we? Yeah, 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 it's a hyperscite. For reference, please see our David Bowie Breaking Glass episode on Outside. <laughs> Damn hypercycles! Oh, oh, four hours of it. <laughs> uh, it's a good one, though. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it is. It's one of the better ones. It's it's very good, actually, that one. Yeah, we're pretty happy with that one. But any new listeners, though, we've definitely gotten, be- you know, gotten tighter in the edit than we used to be. Yeah. I mean, what you've heard so far, shocking to believe, I know. Yeah, but this is all part of the rebrand. We're going back to the... We've never Because no producer has ever managed to capture the energy of our live show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, Gerard Way was inspired by stories of Houdini's wife holding seances after he died to try and communicate with him. So how did Houdini die? So, Houdini was struck in the abdomen by Jocelyn Gordon Whitehead... Uh, as he reclined on a as he reclined on a uh, chaise lounge before in his dressing room before a show, and he didn't have time to prepare his stomach. Uh, there you but, go. Come on. But uh, yeah, it, it basically uh, caused his append- uh, an acute appendicitis uh, to rupture, and he uh, presented with fever. Uh, he went to a hospital, and they basically said, uh, "You have appendicitis. You probably stay." He went, "No, nah, I'll go perform." So he went and performed, and he collapsed on stage and died in the dressing room and because he died in the dressing room uh insurance company paid double indemnity oh hmm does that mean he got more well he didn't the estate yeah i think oh, so good yeah good for them but yes his wife certain what double indemnity means to be honest it was a great film moida 
is a clause or provision in a life insurance or accident policy whereby the company agrees to pay the stated multiple of the face amount in the contract in cases of death caused by accidental means. This includes moider by a person other than and not in collusion with the beneficiary of the insurance policy and most accidental deaths. It excludes suicides and deaths caused by injured, no, sorry, insured persons own gross negligence as well as natural causes. You good? Yep. So we're expecting that on this My Chemical Romance podcast, were you, everyone? Now you all know what double indemnity means. I mean, I tuned out, so I assumed they did. But, you know, we're all glad that you're back. Rebrand. <laughs> Tell us more about insurance. <laughs> See, people poo-poo insurance, but everyone's glad of it. It's one of those things you don't think you need until you need it. Yep, so if you listen to This Is How I Disappear, it does have the sound of someone calling from beyond the grave. Uh, (laughs) Who walks among the famous living dead, drowns all the boys and girls inside your bed? And if you could talk to me, tell me if it's so, that all the good girls go to heaven. And the bridge, can you hear me cry out to you? That sounds quite otherworldly. Well, four lines down, he he says, I'm just a ghost. Yeah, so I can't hurt (laughs) you anymore. Nail on the head. (laughs) Yeah, and this is sort of one of the songs where you can see him being a little bit self-loathing, where he starts to say, you want to see how far I can sink? Because he's talking about both how he can sink in the afterworld, but also how much he can sink because he's been a dick in the, the mortal world. He's been quite a callous man to this partner. Yeah, I also quite like the just the, the vibe of this because whereas the other songs, the first one's got that real big grand opening number. Second one's got that sort of beer hall sound. This is the first song that sort of sounds like a Stone Cold Thrasher song. Yeah. With elements, I think you can put here, it's a bit of a stretch, but I kind of got the vibe a bit of I Maidens, Can I Play With Madness? A little bit. Did you? A little bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't, but... Yeah, I like the I like the opening guitar and it. It has, it sort of builds and it has a slight air of mystery about it. Like like a conjuring, to a degree. Yeah, it's not got a me- very memorable hook, really. Well, often, what I... <laughs> I supplant my poor musical memory by reading the lyrics mm. and then going, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, that, that's the chorus. Oh, I've got it. Yeah. I'm just staring at these pages, these pages. thinking, this is going on. This uh, absolutely reminds me of the mid-noughties. Oh, I think, yes. I think some 41 had a song that sounded a bit like that, to be perfectly honest. A lot of them had songs that sound like I mean, this... Yeah. Dilly, 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 and then eventually somebody's just going to go, fuck, or yeah, or go. <laughs> yeah, we had that kind of AFI sort of sound, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a si- sound of the time. No, I just hit my mic. Just a, definitely a sa- sound of the time. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, this is how I disappear. It's one of those songs I like the lyrics more than necessarily the song, just because... It's one of them songs where there's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't. There's, I don't find a real hook there. It's yeah, just what it reminds it's a big me of. wash of the song. Tell, Tell me. me. Tell me. Don't. 
Why are you saying I don't mind a bit of placebo? I can't really remember placebo apart from the adenoidal vocals of Brian Mulco. The Idlevice vocals. Which on Local Zyla performed it. Yes, he did. <laughs> that wretched time. Wretched boy. Shout it in hint. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't understand what we just did, I urge you to go back and watch the 90s version of Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio in it, because John Leguizamo chews the scenery in a oh, he's a hoot. <laughs> he's a joy in it. <laughs> Uncle, t- Uncle Tizzy Sheen. Yeah, Richie Boy, shall we means? Fear. Fear. I hate the word. Peace. Peace. At the time of recording, Paul Savino has only passed one week hence. People talk about the Sopranos, but they mean his once-in-a-lifetime Lord Capulet. You mean Goodfellas? Yeah, that one. (laughs) Hey, we're all Goombas. Just a bunch of fat Italian guys. (laughs) Reduce an entire people and genre, Adam. Well done. <laughs> the sharpest lives. I've got this down as a pre-death song by the patient because it's a hypercycle. Lest, lest we not know. Lest, lest we forget. It's, it's kind of talking about him being malcontent, drinking away, couch hopping. Yeah, it's got to be pre-death because he's behaving poorly which certainly well, so seems, seems to be you gotta be uh, you know good as gold yeah well it rains and it pours when you're out on your own if I crash yeah. on the couch can I sleep in my clothes because I spent the night dancing I'm drunk I suppose if it looks like I'm laughing I'm really asking to leave well Gerard Way was at this point um, an alcoholic and a drug addict yes yeah and talking about spells of being massively pilled out hung over uh, presumably yeah. depressed as fuck for that. Yeah. Because I love all the poison away with the boys in the band. Yeah, and, and weirdly, even though we just mentioned it, there's actually Romeo and Juliet references in the lyrics. So Juliet, Juliet loves the beat and it lusts its commands. Drop the dagger and lather the blood on your hands, Romeo. Goto! Goto! <laughs> Yeah, it's impossible to take that play seriously anymore. The number of times I'm watching that with students and they ask me why I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Just wetting myself. (laughs) Get it to church. (laughs) I give you to my friend. You'll be mine. I give you to my friend. She loved her kinsman dearly. <laughs> amore, amore. <laughs> what moral drugs I have. <laughs> my poverty, but not my will consent. consent. Beautiful MMA Walsh. I pay thy poverty and not thy will. The world is not your friend. Shut up, Leo. Everybody else is having a whale of a time. 
MMA Wars is acting off a screen right now, Leo. <laughs> Behold. My, my poverty, but not my will concerns. <laughs> You'll make a mutiny among my guests? Not all. Saucy boy. With this noble sir. <laughs> damn, I want to watch that film right now. Yeah, it's about like a weapon. Damn, but that's why we rebranded, Mike. Rebranded, so we can talk about it at some point. That and that alone. Give me a shot to remember and you can take all the pain away from me. Is he talking to his lady or to death? Certainly to booze. Uh, yeah, he's... It reads to me like he's attempting to reason with himself. Yeah. Like, in love with all of these vampires is a, a lovely line. Mm. Because so, it, so the use, sun is ashamed to rise. The use of the word vampires acknowledges the fact that they're harmful. <laughs> but the fact that he's in love with them, I think it's really, really good. I think he's a good writer. So you're saying he's not in fraud to the powerful vampire lobbies who would tell you that vampires are A-OK? Well, look, I've been meaning to address this for some mm. time, and I'm delighted that you finally give me a forum. Oh, please take the platform. When, when did they become the goodies? Twilight? I think it happened before then. I'm trying to remember what happened before then. Did anything happen before Twilight? In the pre-Twilight era. Uh, day, we call it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they uh, kill people. <laughs> they exsanguinate them. Why are they the goodies? I don't know. I saw Dracula dead and loving it, and I didn't like it one bit. You weren't loving it? I wasn't loving it. I've never watched that. It's another one of those where I want it to exist as pure potential. I feel like it should. I want, <laughs> it, I want it to be so good. <laughs> it's not good, but it's got moments where it's like, ha! I find that's true of a lot of his films that you think there's a handful of jokes which is superb and then you forget the hour and 15 minutes there, of dreck. There is a bizarre running gag of Peter McNichol as Renfield who just keeps being given enemas because I think that will cure his insanity. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> no, good not stuff. another enema. <laughs> yes, <laughs> another and another. Enemas in the bomb. That, that's fun, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I like about the song is, given with the theme of the booze, the pills, and all that, it does the vocally it does have a real pent up rage to it. Even with the um, just the overall sound of it, the guitars, it has like a real dun 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 like stabby stabby stabby. Like there's something it never really feels like it properly lets itself go. It doesn't have like the way the end at the beginning, the end at the beginning, uh, really goes into that full blown, almost orchestral affair. This one feels much more steady, steady, steady. We can't quite let ourselves have that release. So, welcome to the Black Parade. Here we go. Come on. I thought you'd like this one. Who doesn't like it? Well, it was released as the lead single, and it was, as mentioned earlier, their first number one in the UK. And I think that demonstrates enormous confidence, because it's not the obvious single, because mm. it's weird. Yeah. And but... it, apparently the opening chord, which I believe is like a, a G of some sort, yeah, is now so recognisable that it's become shorthand for like the band, a chord. Yeah. 
What's that same way when we talked on uh, my dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy for Runaway? Oh, that yeah. That piano, yeah. that ding. That, you can literally do that one key and people just go, hey! Because they, <laughs> they know what's coming. And uh, yeah, Welcome to Black Parade. It has that similar, it opens with just, uh, you know, that stark G chord. Yeah, that and we have some quite heart-wrenching vocals about unreasonable expectations being placed on a boy by his father. Hmm. What the fuck is that lyric? It's Dead Poet Society. Son, when you grow up, would you be the... Michael, would you be the saviour of the broken, the beaten, and the damned? <laughs> or will you work um, for a, a mid-level media conglomerate in the North? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, not conglomerate, I, I gave up the conglomerate. To work to, oh, yeah, a, sorry. to a more medium-centric company. I mean, I'd, I'd rather just play with my turtle figures. Um, yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Would you would you say to a child, uh, do you think you're going to defeat your demons? <laughs> give me give me 15 years on that, Dad. Yeah. So I'm, I've chosen here in the city in front of this marching band <laughs> to have this heart to heart with you. Dad, the McDonald's employee just wants to know our order. Hang on, hang on. And all so, the non-believers, the plans that they've made. <laughs> to recollect, the beaten, the broken, the injured, the wounded, the Bronx, the limping, the Bronx, <laughs> Will you be the saviour of all of those people or some of them? Have you decided? Do you have a plan? Dad, can we just... I don't... I didn't even want to look at the marching band. This is why Mum didn't want you to have access. <laughs> You've been asking him to, if he can defeat his demons again, haven't you? <laughs> oh, no, love! No, what's he been telling you? I've got a right to know. I've got a right to know. I'm the boy's father. I just want to know if he's going to defeat his demons. Well... Did you know that you were going to defeat yours? Yes. <laughs> From day one. And have you? No. I said, no, I will do. I'm going to stop being dragged down by bloody women. Turning my son against me. You demon. You non-believer. Because one day, one day, son, one day, I'll leave you a phantom. What? So when you're, when you're, New newborn came to this world did you hold him in your arms and say one day I'll leave you a phantom to lead you in the summer and to join the Black Parade well I think it's important that she understands that early doors mm, yes. Yeah. I mean sure some people will say she's pre-language but that's why I've just put loads of pictures of me followed by question marks <laughs> and with crosses through like a date it says 1985 to question mark Picture of me shrugging, looking sad. <laughs> Just really hammer it home. Yeah, I mean, all this intro comes from that thing I mentioned earlier about Gerard Way's, uh, one of his earliest memories of going to a parade with his father. And I really hope his father didn't lay all this on him. Well, also, his brother's in the band. Do you his think brother's any, in the band. Do you think at any point he turns around to Gerard and says, look, mate, dad didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I I went to see that god awful marching band as well. I don't know why he took us. You always took Dad's did... side, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and um, 
the video was recognized by MTV as the greatest music video of the century in 2017. Calling it early, are they? Yeah, they've just given up MTV at this point. Down tools, everybody. Yeah, that's it. Wrap it up. Have you, have you watched the music video? No. It features the um, actor Lucas Haas. Um, I honestly can't remember the last time I'd watched any music videos. I didn't realise people were still making them. I mean, this was made in 2006, but... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you had time. Uh, but yeah, Lucas Haas portrays the patient. Um, and then the band appear with the titular Black Parade. And it's all very Tim Burton-esque. Yeah, I can see that. Mm. I can see that, that that would be the aesthetic they were going for. Yeah. And legend has it that the band were actually trying to write it for a long time and they were inspired to try and write their version of Sinatra's My Way. And it was originally yeah. supposed to have a slower tempo and it was going to be called The Five of Us Are Dying. Are dying! Are dying! Nice that there's a little lyric here, which is just the bodies in the streets. Yeah. And uh, Ray Toro, so yes, it is Ray, uh, has commented that the song is their Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, it is. Again, mm. without the cultural imprint that Bohemian Rhapsody enjoys. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. And the video was directed by Samuel Bayer, who we've had form with before, because he did all the, well, most of the videos for Outside, for Bowie. Ah. Uh, so, like, Heart's Filthy Lesson. Which I've uh, also never seen any of. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, well, life's short, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. What well, are people what, doing? What, why are they uh, fluffing about with a music well, video? Why, why are we recording a podcast right now? Well, we could be dancing, Adam! Because I've got opinions. And I don't <laughs> have any consequence. One of my opinions is, let's not fuck about with music videos. Yes. Um, yeah, the opening piano. Question. I, I, Does MTV yeah. still exist? Not in the traditional sense. Oh, right. Is it all online these days? I think it still exists on digital networks, but again, to reference... when you were a teenager, you used to go to house parties and somebody would just put the telly on. Oh, yeah. You know, you just... And watched. everybody would argue over which cha music channel it went on. Um, yeah. Like us all. It was like, often MTV base, and I'd often go and leave the room. Or The Box. <laughs> the Box or Scuzz. Yeah, Scuzz was... A, yeah. I've had some music videos on Scuzz. Have you? Yeah. Did you get to meet the guy with the mullet that was the face of them? No. A shame. A I didn't shame. meet I didn't meet uh, Francisco Scuzz. He was very much the Geo Campario with his day, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, but um, the song Welcome to the Black Parade, it, for me as well, this definitely has the vibe of they've taken their time on this one. You can almost just hear it. Oh, in it's the, been lavished with time. Yeah, the in the list. It almost, if you were to like, put all the other tracks and they all just form a nice little line. Welcome to Black Parade would just pop out a little bit. It's like, yeah, they spent some more time and budget on this one. Yeah, yeah, this had an extra 100 grand squeezed on it. Yeah, studio, you can also extra tell studio they've, time. They've had three years of it's been tink it. It's been tinkered to death, this song, and finely tuned. And completely and utterly weaponized. Yeah. And and you you can hear that in it, but it doesn't do a disservice. It doesn't sound overproduced. It just sounds like, oh, you really crafted this one. No, and you know how we criticised um, 
Steve Harley for <laughs> for having the man Harley, the man Harley for having Cavaliers in his back pocket for years, yeah. and then clearly thinking it was his torch time. They've done the same thing, but they pulled it off. Ah, yes. Yeah. Imagine I mean, though, all of those self-obsessed teenagers screaming along to "We'll carry yeah. on," which is just a great refrain. I also like the fact as well. well it is but... particularly given that, sorry, but one of the things that the Daily Mail tore them apart for was the fact that they were encouraging self-harm and suicide. And the lyric literally says, we'll carry on. Yeah, li- live your life. I mean, the whole theme of this album is ultimately to live your fucking life. To go out and grab life. Grab, I mean, we're not there yet, but Famous Last Words is literally the guy turning yeah. back on death and living his fucking life. Get out of your bedroom. Live yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's haunted. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like the fact as well that the, the you know the opening is softly, softly, softly singing about going to see uh, a marching band. Your northern father, put your unreasonable father. <laughs> but then when the breakdown comes out, dan, 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 and then he basically just screams the same lyrics at, again. He just repeats it, but this time he's just howling it. And then the, the, the one bit in the song, uh, it does go full-blown, like, dan, 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 like, this does sound like the theme tune to Malcolm in the Middle. What, when she says, she's watching over me. Yeah, that Tommy Steele bit. That bit. Yeah, the Tommy Steele yeah. bit, yeah. The Tommy Steele bit, yeah. yeah. Ow. Ow. Carry on. Carry on. Do or die. You'll never make me. <laughs> I like the fact that he says, I won't explain or say I'm sorry. I'm unashamed. I'm going to show my scars. Give a cheer for all the broken listeners because it's who we are. Just a man and not a hero. That's really, really powerful. Mm. Po- potent, heady stuff. Yeah. From and Mr. I even- Way. And I like in the chorus as well, but and in my heart, I can't contain it. The anthem won't explain it. It's almost saying this massive anthemic song is still not going to answer all your questions. No, because it's but, just a song. It's just, this is just a song, everyone. It's not the answer to all your inner you know, yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this song, this anthem isn't your identity. Yeah, it's, it's not your suicide song. It's, it's not, not even, giving you absolution. It's not yeah, giving it's you not a reason to, to anything. It's just... We all have to just carry on and do it on our own. Yeah, yeah. We just got to get through this, everyone. I'm just a man. I don't. I, you, you can't put this crap on me. I read yeah. an interview with him earlier where he was saying, as a band, we've had to get really, really good at because we do. We talk to our audience, but they they tell us some horrible stuff, oh, which, imagine, yeah. which we're not prepared for, and mm. we've got better at it, but we. You know, what's nice is often they end with, and this particular song really helps me, and I'm thrilled about that, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what they want from me. So, yeah. Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, would you go so far as to say Bohemian Rhapsody in its sort of... I know they say it, and I know you've already mentioned that it doesn't have quite the impact Bohemian Rhapsody is had in the long run but, but it, even, it, will, even in the sound like to me it's not as big it's not as twisty turny no, it doesn't have as many um elements mm. 
it's like it's Bohemian Rhapsody if it was you know painted with fewer colours, mm. if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. If you put Bohemian Rhapsody on in this country, pretty much anywhere, most people will know it and oh, be yeah. and greeted like an old friend. <laughs> but if you put on a walk into the Blackbird, not going to have the same impact, particularly at a wedding. <laughs> um, or it's a hotel in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah. References to marching bands. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's never going to have the same. And it isn't as. Mm. It's not as good as Bohemian Rhapsody, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's an absolute belter. I mean, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And to, again, to. Who, who was the guitarist called? Um, the guitarist, we well, got Lee Guitar, which is Ray Toro. And... He's our man. I think Ray Toro has definitely been. Um... Worshipping at the font of Brian May, hasn't he? Oh, God, he has a lot of Brian May sound. Yeah, the, Brian May's all, all over the game. The breakdown yeah. on this sound, very Brian May. And I was going to say as well, that, um, that some of the elements of this remind me of like Billion Dollar Babies era, as Cooper as well. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes, Billion Dollar Babies. Donovan's best song. Apart from Hurdy Gurdy Band. Yeah, there you go. I was listening to an Alice Cooper album earlier, and I never realised he did a, a version of Sunrise. Did he? Yes, the last track on his first album. You mean the Rolf Harris song? Yeah. Wow. Sunrise in the morning. What the fuck is that like? Yeah. Is it good, is it? It's not bad. I mean, it's just bizarre, because I've only ever heard the Rolf Harris version. Jailed paedophile, Rolf Harris. Um, to give him his... Tabloid name Rolf the Octopus Harris. <laughs> the Octopus, Jesus Christ. Well, that's what they kept calling him. Apparently, women said, or oh, you don't get in a taxi with him because he's like an octopus covered in ink. <laughs> I wouldn't get in a taxi with an octopus. Well, I think I would, but <laughs> I think I'd immediately regret my decision. <laughs> Car share? Yeah, all right. Girl. <laughs> Keep. Keep on your side. Sorry, I've made of them. <laughs> Credit where it's due. That's a lovely impression of a tentacle. <laughs> so, I don't love you. Oh. Why did I? Why? Then, how do I get myself in this situation? Do, I'm just, uh, do you mind if I just put my headphones in? I've got a bit of work to do. Yo, I, I'm listening to the Black Parade. You want to listen? Where are your ears? <laughs> in my beak. Good. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Cam. I imagine octopuses don't like Cam. Too rigid. So we split this fair? My poverty, but not my will consent. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so pleased. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you've got morals. Fucking octopus. 
the world is not your friend, Octopus. <laughs> yeah, opening for I Don't Love You, to me, sounds a little bit Oasis-like. Discuss. I don't think it sounds like Oasis. I think this one sounds like Coldplay. Oh, even worse. Lots and lots and lots of Coldplay. Yeah, it, even down, say it, yeah. Even down to the way he sings. Yeah, I have to say, I'm not the biggest fan of I Don't Love You. Well, that's possibly because it's a ballad, isn't it? Yeah, and so far, everything's been pretty rambunctious. And this is just a little bit a weedy, I Don't Love You. And like again, I know you want to watch it, but the video is basically a Tim Burton ragdoll ripoff. It's got... um. Uh, a, a lady in it who has hysterically big eyes who's all in white and then a man who's all in black and it's all very twisty black and white and it's like oh yeah right Tim oh, Burton handbook fine. yeah stylized yeah I bet you really like Coraline didn't you Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a Coldplay like ballad hmm uh, I think probably the, the main thing the main thing I find redeeming about it is when he sings like get out while you can but the, maybe get out just that bit <laughs> I can leave the rest of it I mean the, the chorus um, the line when you go and would you even turn to say I don't love you like I did yesterday Ooh, that's, that's crushing. I just think it's unreasonable. I mean, to... if they're already leaving, why are they going to turn around and while they're leaving and say, uh, just to, add, to rub some salt in this wound, I don't love you but, uh, like I did yesterday. Because in the lyrics as well, the I don't love you like I did yesterday, he's asking her to say it even. So she's just walking out on him. So he wants her to turn around and just give him a reason as simple as, I don't love you like I did anymore. But he can't even get that. There's like, there's no resolution. It's literally just his wife walking out on him and he doesn't know why. And it's all just gone, ah, it's probably because I'm a bastard, isn't it? But you won't tell me why. Uh, I suppose, yeah. I mean, do you need them to say it if they're leaving? I mean, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> writ large, isn't it? Seems, seems oh, come on, clear oh, enough. Call me a bastard as well. <laughs> Keep me in the nuts. Really stick it to me. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lyrics aside, I think as well, it's the first song on the album I find a little bit musically dull because it's it's Coldplay. Yes, because it yeah. is just that, and then it's quiet, quiet. It's a bit like um, a conjuring horror film, you know. If you if you know the refrain, <laughs> the quiet, quiet bang. It's like that of Heartbreak Song. Softly, softly, bang chorus, softly, softly, bang chorus, end. It's one of the first ones so far that sounds like just one song as well. Mm. Like loads of them have got different bits. Yeah. This doesn't really. Yeah, this sort of just has a, a constant tempo that sort of just carries it through. It ends. Yeah, time has passed. And, yeah. Uh... I mean, music musically, I, d I don't love this song, but there's much more in the lyrics where, you know, sometimes I cry so hard from pleading, so sick and tired of the needless beating. I mean, it, again, it's 
some could read it as a you know over you know sentimental and trite i just it's just for, to me it feels raw and it does actually tug at the heartstrings as like oh yeah that's just really just punching that open wound of heartbreak uh, it's just something i've just seen is it so, a funny limerick it is funny um so i just clicked ahead onto the lyrics of house of wolves while mm. you were making your excellent point mm, pertinent point your pertinent sexy rebrand uh and you know the genres that house of wolves is listed under mm, no rock alternative slash indie and uh children's music huh yeah is that because uh, it I think it's because Red children Riding really, Hood really dig songs about contrition yeah. yeah odd I do like the uh, the drums the way it's open everybody it likes the drums as this opens the jazz drums yeah it reminds me of New York Dolls does it it reminds me of are you thinking of The Mask yes yes I am actually <laughs> I was thinking, oh, is it like the 20s or something? Is it, you know, the jazz age? No, it's, no, the, mask. it's the mask because I'm suddenly I'm at the Coco Bonco. <laughs> yeah, it's a short, dirty rocker, the song, which were also quite prevalent at the time. So a lot of bands, again, like you got like your hymns, your AFIs. And so they, they, were, they were throwing all these kind of songs around. These just dirty, fast-paced Drums all over the shop, bash out, great. I think it's supposed to be the patient's arrival into hell. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I think the band described the patient's vision of hell as a fiery jazz club filled with demons, wolves and sinners. The Coco Bongo. The Coco Bongo. There you go, you just have a look at the curtains. So, Hounds of Love, yeah. (laughs) So, just for an update, everyone, in part of our rebrand, Adam will now be cradling an infant child in his arms for the next part of this recording. Yeah. Uh, marketing come up with some odd ideas, I'll grant them, but let, let's just give it a go. And I spent 10 quid on them, so let's give it yeah. a go. How about, about halfway through, it just holds a baby? It's not working so far. So a quick update, everyone. That incident, you know, that uh, failed, and we have now trying to get son's baby. I don't think it's going to be as good. <laughs> no, uh, it, it was a it was a campaign, but it was cut off of the legs. And uh, the, yeah. I think the energy that having a two and a half week old baby in the record, I think what that it was, gives. <laughs> it was a bold move. <laughs> it needed more time. I think those fat cats. Do you mean, a, what, another couple of years till she yeah. has the power of speech? Yeah. And and knows when to be quiet. So it, it's the patient's vision of hell. Well, I know a thing or two. Well, I know a thing about contrition because I got enough to spare. So Again, he's looking back on his life. He's very sorry about it all. Um, I'm not quite sure at this point it's become apparent that the patient was in the wars. A war, the war. <laughs> or just, oh. Poor lad. He's really been in the wars. Oh, oh, he's been in the wars, that lad. 
Oh yeah, the song's quite mocking as well of sort of pious church-going people who go around acting their entire life their holier than vow, and then actually quite horrible people behind your back and you know racist assholes cunts. Uh, and then they think you know, they'll pray at the end of it all and they'll make it all better. Sort of the theme of the song's all just laughing at those people like, no, no, we're all fucked. You, don't, you know, in the hypocrisy of sort of religion. I think this is, I think this is the main song on the album where it really, because even though it's an album talking about death, it actually steers pretty clear of religion for the most part, which it does quite well. Yeah, it does. It's um... talks of death as more of just a human. Um, metaphysical idea rather than a religious thing. Yeah, it doesn't really focus on, you know, up or down. Yeah, even though this is his descent into hell, it's done much more as a personal hell rather than a sort of a man-made vision of hell. Yeah, you got lines like, I've been a bad motherfucker, tell your sister I'm another. Yeah. It's, uh, considering it's about somebody behaving poorly, perhaps, and maybe going down there or whatever, it's a fairly joyful Racket. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of songs about going to hell and stuff are usually pretty bouncy numbers, just because going to hell sounds like a lot of fun. Just been... Well, I've just been literally informed that I'm not being given a choice in this. Uh, the laptop has just said, office will update in 29 minutes. <laughs> Save oh, your work. We've got, we got 29 minutes to get this done. So, cancer. What?! What do you think <laughs> Gerard Way could be talking about with cancer? Well, I assume cancer is a metaphor. Hmm. A metaphor for well, cancer. Okay, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a person suffering with. When I first listened to this, I wasn't. When I first listened uh, to this. <laughs> well, when I first listened to it, I wasn't aware what the song was called, and I just heard. Uh, oh, it's a narrative. I'm just soggy from the chemo. And thought, good God. Then I realised the song is literally called Cancer and thought, oh, that's very on the nose. I mean, it's quite on the nose. <laughs> it's, it's almost just like Cancer was the um, the temp title. Because it's almost like, oh, that's the Cancer song. And then it was like, eh, just call it Cancer. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we run out well, of it's got to go to the printers. I think they were right to do that. It's, mm? I think it's brutally honest. Mm? Really good. Bury me in all my favourite colours. I, I won't say, kiss you because the hardest part of this is leaving you. Yeah, I like help her gather all my things. Cause, yeah, and it says as well, um, call my aunt, Ma- call my aunt uh, Marie, help her gather all my things. And again, it's like, is one, it's Aunt Marie. So he's like, he's not even calling his mother or his wife because Aunt Marie's the only one left. But also because it's Marie, that's kind of pointedly Marie Curie as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, talking about radiation everything like that, and then just help her gather all my things, because he's dying, he's dying, and all that. Yeah, it's a pretty bleak and brutal song. Because all my hair's abandoned, all my body, oh, the agony. Yeah, now turn away, because I'm awful just to see. I mean, that's just fucking horrible. Strong stuff for the teenage crowd, isn't it? That is. You know? Well, actually, it was just my first indicator, and then it's not just for you. I mean, that ain't Blink-182. That's like, oh, shall we... You know, it's a lovely summer's night. We're in the prime of our youth. Let's put on cancer by My Chemical Romance and fucking talk about how awful someone looks when they have chemotherapy, for instance. Also, I'm soggy from the chemo. Yeah. Soggy. Yeah. Awful word to use. Yeah. And it's it's the, the lyrics are so 
on the nose, really. They're almost like too blunt at times. Like almost like they're just a bit like, all right, yeah, it's just it's almost you you're in the wrong mood, you could do a distance and go, right, okay, that's just a bit too on the but nose. I think that's that's the point, but, isn't it? Yeah, the but in, that... in the right mood, it's just brutal enough. Well, it's this... like, oh, that's honest. Because this entire thing is usually sort of shrouded in euphemism. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's it's really ballsy to say, no, no, I'm dying. It's awful. I look horrible. I feel yeah. crap. Because it's so often framed as, oh, it's a battle. Yeah, it's not. It's, this, it's, a, it's a horrible illness. It's dragon cancer. No, yeah. it's just it's a horrible, horrible thing that unfortunately a lot of us are going to have to go through. And it's going to be, yeah. if we're lucky to get through it, the cure, unfortunately, will be worse than the disease. Yeah, yeah. It's even awful just to cure. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, also, I don't like that bad thing as well because it implies that all the, the many, many, many millions of people that have died from it are losers. Yeah, just just didn't want it you, enough. No, just oh yeah, you want you want strong enough to win it. Yeah, yeah. It was just I quite I didn't know this till recently. Um, Perry, now um, the terminology isn't uh, someone's committed suicide anymore. Because the phrase committed sounds like you're yeah, culpable. Or, yeah, you're culpable or something. I can't remember what the phrase is now, but yeah, it's, you know, actively you're not meant to say someone committed suicide anymore. Do you say that they've taken their own life? Yes, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the phrase now. It's a bit like saying, you know, it wasn't a car accident, it was a collision. I mean, people say that all of this stuff with language is uh, pointless, but all of that just makes sense. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, so you know, the whole suicide thing comes from Catholicism anyway. It's a sin and, you know, you've broken the law by committing suicide. As in, you would commit murder. Yeah, again, makes total sense. Yeah. Anyway, sidebar, rebrand. Uh, so, yeah, it, cancer, I love just the brutality of it. Where I think it doesn't quite match for me is I find his voice on it. Again, is it because he's trying to portray someone who is very sick very ill because i find his voice quite weak on it compared to the rawness of the lyrics it almost feels like it needs a harsher sound to the no i disagree i don't Mm. think that he could because his one of his other main vocal modes is that more throaty sort of raw Mm. for want of a better word and i i don't think he wants to sound angry I think he wants to sound like somebody who's just had enough. Yeah. Knackered mm. by it all. Yeah, and no, actually, I, and I, no, he, like, I can see he, that, yeah. He pulls that off admirably. Mm. I don't yeah, you can't. No, I, I, I see that now, yeah. You can throw oh, into this. I mean you could I'm soggy. So what is happening when we move on to Mama, what's happening in the Mama. grand narrative of this? What Mama? The, the, the storyline becomes ever harder to see. I mean, this is where we're getting real hypercycly here because um, I think this is the patient now, pre-death, trying to mend his broken relationship with his dear Mama. Much like the Spice Girls did on that hazy, mysterious song on their album about their own Mamas. So it's he's, this is where the patient is at war. And there's literal, you can hear there's bombs going off in this. So, again, it sounds, you know, if you remember The Wall, the song Mother, 
Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? It actually, this mama sort of is a accompaniment to Pink Floyd's mother. So you've got the idea of bombs dropping, they're at war. But this one has almost a bawdy, southern gothic cavalcade sound to it. Mm. And it even gets that little bit oom-papa sound to it as well. This is where it gets a little bit more like, you know... Well, per- I, again, I heard Eastern European. Yeah. But... I think, you know, and, um, it, yeah, it's just a big bravado song where even though he's writing to his mother to try and reconnect, it's sort of he's still full of bluster and piss and vinegar. And I think at this point he's not necessarily sick yet. This is him looking further back into his life when he's younger, trying to reconnect with his mum, but still he's just a young douchebag and... Yeah, he's yeah. still just being like, ah, oh, come on, mum, we're both douchebags. Let's just, you know, call it even. Come on, mum, they're building a coffin your size because we're all we're all meant for the flies. Yeah, we all go to hell. Yeah, yeah, and his delivery is more sarcastic than earnest. It's not like a proper like, mother, I'm dying. I want to. Look. You're like, ah, oh, come on, you old douchebag. No, no, it's very sarcastic. It's really quite pleasant, mm. except for the smell. Yeah, mama, we all go to hell. Yeah. And did you catch uh, Mama in the song? There's a couple of lines sung by Mama. Hang on. Where the heck is Mama talking? Uh, Mama sings. Eh, where is it? Edit point. Yeah, Mama sings. And if you could call me a sweetheart. I'd maybe then sing you a song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know who's singing that? Barbara Streisand. Liza Minnelli. Oh, Liza Minnelli. Ah. Where did I get Streisand from? I fucking knew it was Minnelli. You fucking love Streisand, that's why. You're that's always, why. That you're always inserting why. her into songs. <laughs> that's true, I do. The Mystery of Chess Boxing by Wu-Tang. Barbara Streisand featured that, didn't she? My, I don't know. Um... <laughs> I joke about yeah. that, but Cher literally was on a Wu-Tang song a few years ago, so, yeah. Oh, good for her. Yeah, good good for Cher. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was Medelli because she's just a single song. <laughs> <laughs> a sweetheart. <laughs> sha, 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 sha. Mine hair. Posh spice. <laughs> Even Jerry Harrywell, oh, she's loves hugging a Tory. Does she? Oh, yeah, she was seen at the Euros hugging uh, Nadine Dorries. Oh. And then a photo emerged of her with her arm looking adoringly at Liz Truss. Oh, no. Which, and she did think Margaret Thatcher was the original Spice Girl. Is it uh. a shock, Adam, to know that Jerry Harrywell is probably a card carrying conservative? I know, but there's card-carrying conservatives, and then there's Nadine Dorries. I don't think she's even conservative. I just think she's a fucking idiot. She is an idiot. She gives every indication as well that she's pissed whenever she goes is interviewed. But she's just awful. They're all just awful. Oh, it's a horrible, horrible time to be alive. <laughs> and you just brought a child into this. We are fiddling while Rome burns. And by Rome, I mean the world. <laughs> And, and your daughter's just, shit at podcasting. And they're just arguing about which taxes they'll cut first. Yeah. They're still oh. going to sell off Channel 4. 
Why? I mean, apart from ideological reasons. And uh, sing thing means money. Yes, yeah, so Liza Minnelli sings this line. And if you could call me a sweetheart, I'd maybe then sing your song. And then he replies, but there's shit that I've done with this fuck of a gun. So he's just a little pisher, isn't he? Yeah, he's a trees. Yeah, there's no, it's not like a real ballad of mumsy son reconciling. It's just a, you're a twat and I'm a twat and he's a twat and he's a twat. Well, what he's saying is, Dad, take me seriously. Yeah. I'm a man. And I've done appalling things overseas. And I've been to war and got gonorrhea probably. Without question. You know, the military have only just banned um, Liza Minnelli. sex workers and the use thereof oh. in the armed forces. Oh, boo, snowflakes. <laughs> it's 2022. How is that? We've been still operating on a, well, be- best not, but boys and boogie boys <laughs> policy. <laughs> what happens on the shore stays on the shore. Hey, boys. Amazing. Anyway, (laughs) sleep. Gentle sleep. So it begins with like almost a field recording of Gerard Way, who's actually recounting having night terrors staying at a, a mansion. So, and to bring it up now to get even, so there, these night terrors, you know, these terrors, and it's like, it feels like somebody was gripping my, these, these terrors, and it's like, it feels like as though someone's gripping my throat, night, uh, not like tremors, they're worse than tremors, these were like terrors, yeah, it goes on like that, and, uh, and so it goes on, and so it goes on, and then when they were recording the album, they stayed at the Paramore Manor, which is rumoured to be haunted, and Wei, when they stayed there, experienced night terrors. And uh, he actually put recounting these night terrors into the intro of the song. So would this be one of them songs where it doesn't necessarily fit in with the narrative, but they wrote it while recording it? And really liked it, yeah. Yeah. Because it well, does the album sound... is that long that it doesn't need all the songs on it that it's got. Hmm. I think they just thought they were too good to leave. Yeah. Because I can't really figure out whose like perspective this is supposed to be from. Patient, wife, mother, doctor. I think this That's is because it's not. No, which is fine. But they just yeah, felt it's... that it was tonally appropriate. Yeah, and I think they wanted to add an element of spookiness to this. Yeah, yeah, spooky scary. album about death. And yeah, and sleep, just sleep. The hardest part is letting go of your dreams. Which yeah, you could tie in. Transgenderly to the patient, falling Just asleep. His with, dream is with, staying alive. Ha, ha, yeah, and so on. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, if we're tying it into the narrative, if you look through the lyrics again, it does feel a little bit more like, um, you know, a drink for the horror of a time in, for the good guys and the bad guys. Like, yeah, I think we got the point now. I drank yeah. a bit, I, tri- I act like a dickhead. I'm a bad guy, really. I feel bad about it. At this point, um, yeah, it's all just you know beating the, the, the horse a bit now with the metaphor of the it narrative. Is. But he does it, also say, because there ain't no way that I'm sorry for what I did. Hmm. Unapologetic apathy, which will be the title of my biography. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> sorry. 
I'm not sorry for not caring. Yeah. And free cheers for tyranny. So he's even calling back to free cheers for sweet revenge, which is nice. That is nice. Yeah. It's nice. A bit of a callback. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it goes on a bit sleep, but I like it in general. It you know, does thematically doesn't really fit with the album, but it's fine. It's fine where it is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit, but it's perfectly pleasant. But equally, the next song doesn't fit either. No, but it's a bit of a belter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and it was it, as a single. And it'd be another one that'd be really good live. Mm. Particularly given when most of your audience are teenagers. Yeah. So Teenagers was uh, their highest charting US single at 23, which in the Pop 100, which I think that must be in the Pop 100, not necessarily the Billboard 100 or whatever. Uh, and it also got to number nine in the UK charts. And... Uh, I like this because Gerard Way wrote the song while he was uh, on a New York subway. Yeah, yeah. He looked around and realised, holy shit, I'm the oldest person on this carriage and I'm they're scaring the shit out of me. And he realised he was old. And he was only in his mid-twenties. Well, it happens to us all. It, I remember mine vividly. I was going to Reading Festival probably only about five years ago. Because you suddenly realised that they are looking at you like a grown-ass old man. Yeah, I was on a... I was, Instead of the hip, groovy young thing I that got you off the train at Reading, got on this bus to take you to the grounds, and a very polite young man offered me the seat. I'm not even in my 30s, and a teenage lad is offering me his seat because I'm older. And I did bless you, young man. I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm officially old. This little urchin child has just given me his seat. I mean, the fact that you took it and then sat down and went, whoa... These old bones. Betty. I mean, he does sort of loosely mention school shootings here as well, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of the the general gist of the song, is the idea because, I mean, Way's quote was when he was on this uh, subway car that uh, that was the first time I felt old, I was nervous, and I was a target. I felt like I had become a parent figure and part of the problem. And early 2000s, we all know school shootings were of a rage, weren't they? And they've still not gone out of fashion, really. No, no, I'd say they're very much back. Oh, yeah, no, back, yeah, everything's cyclical, uh, trends and all that. Yeah, so the song is ultimately about gun violence and kids killing kids. And Way said it was, um, it, it was never actually meant to fit on the album. It was very much a, I'm seeing this around the world at, at the moment, so... You know, teenagers is the great outlier of the album because it's not meant to thematically sit with the album. It is very. In that case, you almost think, why wasn't it put as a last track or as even a bonus track? But uh, they... I, I think they wanted the album to begin and end, so I think they just buried it in the second half. True, but the same way they did that with Blood as well. But um... nobody counts Blood. <laughs> but yeah, so teenagers, you know, even by Gerard Way's admission, it's not part of the, the hypercycle narrative. It is just a, this is a song I wrote quite urgently and it was supposed to have a, a meaning behind it. So like in the video, it's all shot in like um, a school gymnasium. They play like a, you know, a battle of a band style thing. You've got the kids going, running riot. And the video I think was quite censored by MTV because they didn't like the image of the kids breaking through doors and Things like that. It had a bit too even much. Even though those things actually happen. Yeah, and it's not even, it wasn't like they were running through with weapons or anything. It was just, I think they found it a bit too unwholesome 
the image of kids running riot through doors and breaking down windows and things like that. Um, yeah, and the single certified double platinum. So it did pretty well. Uh, yeah, uh, it be, in, in November 2007, it became the third most watched video on YouTube at the time. Well, good. Yeah. Fuck you, MTV. Yeah, I like the line, um, they're going to clean up your looks and all the lies in the books and make you a citizen and make a citizen out of you. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah, doesn't matter what you think of as a teenager, doesn't matter what great ideals you have. It's all going to get beaten out of you. You're going to end up like us on a podcast in your 30s, calling yourselves the opinions of men of no consequence. In your 30s, staring down the barrel of your 40s, Mike. We were at the wrong side of 30 now, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Where we do this as an excuse just to have a chat and a drink every few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this is potentially the halfway point, I don't know. Perhaps less. I don't know. What's terrifying. I don't know. We've we've drank quite a lot in our lives. Yeah, there is that. Right, I think I've got about eight minutes. So really? <laughs> disenchanted. Yeah, disenchanted. Uh, this is the patient now reaching the end and looks back on his life with disenchantment because at this point, yes, we've not quite got the concept yet. He's not happy about where he left his life. It's got... Yes, it is at this point in the album where you think we're, we're flogging a dead horse now. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the vibe of the song. I like the sad, melancholic, acoustic guitar. I also um, I like the sound of all of the songs, but I think the, the yeah, amazing it's... songs have been... They're in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I think there's Apart no... Apart from teenagers, yeah. There's no song on this album, skipping to the head, end a bit here, but there's no song on this album I would say, oh, I don't like that one. I either really oh, God, like no, them, none. or that's good, that's fine, yeah. Um, I like, I like the sound of the We're deep in the, uh, it's fine, weeds. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, you're just a sad song with nothing to say. Again, that's a fantastic line. And it's almost talking about the song itself, because at this point, yeah, it's just another sad song. And we've heard what it's about, about three or four other times at this point on the album. Yeah. So it's it's, all, it's almost becoming meta at this made point. Made some mistakes. <laughs> so should we try that again? But it does have, like, the sound of it has a defiance rather than a gut-wrenching feel to it, which, the you know the melancholy lyrics could be like a, oh, it's a bit of a weedy, like, oh, but actually it's, it's got a bit more of a oomph to it, which I think again, stops it being a boring song. Yeah. It's got a bit of triumph to it, which I kind of, it, it, it keeps me liking it rather than just thinking, Oh geez, another fucking song where you're just going, Oh yeah. Not I don't, yeah. I know. I agree with you. And I think you've hit the name on the head that I don't dislike any single song. Mm. I think they're all pretty good. Yeah. Really like, at the worst, they're good. They're like, I don't necessarily remember it, but when it's on, yeah, enjoy it. So, famous last words. Second single from the album in the UK, debuted at 68 on downloads alone. It's just not as good as Welcome to the Black Parade. But some think, some do think of this as like the MCR song. I can see that. I can see how it's a bit of a torch song, and I there's a 
there's a lot of like I'm not afraid to keep on living. Yeah, he's a he's a hell of a thing to just champ. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a, a great way to end the album. It's a great um, live, you know, thing to just get the crowd going. And again, it just goes back to that thing you were saying earlier about the Daily Mail. It's like, have you actually fucking sat down and listened well, to this album? Now, mate, what they've done is listen, see the, the fact that they're all wearing black and eye makeup and go, no! <laughs> but they're just saying, drop their scepters. And in fairness, there are people in that or in their audience that need to hear that. Hmm. Yeah, no, this, this song, you know, I know it sounds like hyperbole, but this song may have actually saved some lives. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think it, it absolutely will have done. Yeah, you've probably got some people just shitty, horrible place. They put this on. Maybe they're your favourite band and just gone, fuck, if they're telling me, yeah, they, they, they probably have been through this. They know what I'm talking about. Because even yeah. Mikey Way, you know, Gerald Way's brother, he left a band during the writing of the album because he was going through mental health issues. And I think Jared Way actually wrote this song um, to basically try and bring him back in the band as a way of saying, like, I understand what you're going through, but let's finish this together. So it's like the Way Brothers' last famous last words. Yeah. Can you see my eyes are shining bright because I'm out here on the other side? Yeah. Of a jet black hotel mirror. That's good. Yeah, because I think Jared Way is writing it to his brother from perspective of I, I know what you're feeling, I know where you've been. Not necessarily completely, but I understand because I've had my own version of it. Yeah, and the, and the video for it as well, like fans consider it like the darkest version of them because you've got the Black Parade that you've seen in the Welcome to Black Parade video and everything's burning and everything's collapsing around them. Mm. And they look like they're dying. And um, apparently all of them got injured during the making of it because some of them got burned. Some of them like ripped tendons. Uh, some of them like bro- you know, broke bones and stuff. And they all just came away from that video shoot battered and bruised for some you know, massive health and safety issues on that shoot, I would say. Yeah, it just seems like it was very badly organized. Yeah, bad management. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's essentially the, the song is actually diving back into narrative are you dying i've got two minutes oh bloody hell i yeah, don't so genuinely i've got no idea mike it just says office will update in two minutes it's it, not it, saying it will update yeah can it i not, don't know why can it not don't, hold it off it's not asking it's not giving me the option well, i would if i could mate i would if i could would if it were uh so yeah it's the last uh narrative harumph of the, uh, the patient saying, I choose to live, but I'm going to go back. So, uh, yeah, the song basically sends us back into Blood, which ends up as a bonus track. And it's an ironic number with the patient who's now back in the hospital, uh, back on the ward. And you've got doctors saying, well, they encourage your cooperation, send you roses when they... Uh... Oh, my God, I can't read my writing. <laughs> when they need you to smile. A celebrated man amongst the gurneys. The doctors and nurses, they adore me so. So it's an umpapa number. It's a little vaudevillian number. So actually, yes. and it's perfectly I think, pleasant, but it's ultimately throwaway. Yeah, and it actually, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know. I can see why they've hidden it, because you get a nice gap between that and Famous Last Words, which is a great album closer. But if it's on the album anyway, just have it straight after. But don't bother, because it's actually just a spindly little one-minute throwaway track. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just don't, just don't bother with it. It's just a silly little coda, but I think, actually, 
I'm just going to throw this in there because your batch is about to die. My least favourite song on the album. Blood. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. What's your favourite, though? Uh, Welcome to Bat Parade. Really? Of course it is. Of it's so it big, is. it's so grand, it's so wonderful. It's so exciting. Hurrah. Hurrah. Right, we're speeding this through, everyone, even though it's our first episode back, because Adam's battery is about to die and his laptop's about to do stuff. So, Adam, we shall spin this wheel to find out what is happening next time and what we shall have opinions on. All right, let's spin it once more. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah, it's me, yeah. Right, yeah, but, uh, even though the rebrand did suggest we keep the wheel, it tested very heavily with women between 50 and 70. <laughs> so the wheel remains, everyone. Um, the wheel so, stays, yeah, that's nailed on. Yes, we, 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 we all You and I may leave. Yeah, yeah, we can leave. The wheel, wheel was the stay. only thing they liked. Yeah, the wheel came with us. So this, it's not really fitting in the pub, though. Um, right. I understand we've rebanded. We, we're trying a whole different thing. We're going to do movies and other stuff. And, you know, we may even just do artists and particular songs at some point. However, Adam, we have unfinished business from, true, we do. from the previous feed. We began an endeavour to cover the themes of James Bond. And I've only got half a spreadsheet finished. So I've got, I've got to wrap that bad boy up. So like, like the Spectre, we have unfinished business. So the next time we meet to share our opinions of no consequence, we will be discussing the James Bond themes of You to a Kill through to No Time to Die. And what a wonderful time it shall be, I'm sure. Very so good. we're going to do, we're going to finish the Bondathon. We're going to finish Bond because we've got that little bit admin to finish off and I don't want to leave that untouched. So, and then we can move on with the rest of this new That's rebrand. New, to the sexy new rebrand. Uh, a question though, are we... Yes, you, me- the young man over there. Now we're not necessarily at a party. Oh, do we have like a new thing to put things in to keep if we're happy or pleased with them? (laughs) Agreement alcove or something like that? (laughs) Is this album going in the alcove? Conquer Corner. (laughs) Yes, Conquer Corner. (laughs) Do we conquer? The corner. Shall we concur to put this album in the corner of Keepsakes? Oh, I would say so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yes, I do like that. I don't, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I've, I've given this album the listens for this episode. I don't doubt it. I don't take my word. Um, I don't think I'll be running back to listen to it, save a few tracks. I don't think no, I'll be listening I won't. to run, go listen to this entire I think I definitely will again. And I, I, like I said at the beginning, it's unusually for this endeavour, it's one that I actively want to own a hard copy of. Yeah, no, I enjoyed my time with it. But, you I know, think it's a huge, a massive accomplishment for a band. Yeah, it's a I, really great record. Oh, absolutely. And for a band that was only together for five years when they made it, to go And it's from... gone from quite... Well, I've listened to a little bit of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I found it a little bit adolescent and throwaway. I didn't this like is, this it is a This is a big leap. Um, what musically maturity. massive leap forward. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just... It's, a, it's it's like, again, I said Louis Berlin earlier, but it's like going from Louis Transformer to Louis Berlin in terms of that jump of sound and just themes and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Attempting I'm, I'm a narrative. Suddenly, I'm now ready to tackle something bigger mm, yeah. than these uh, pop songs. Yeah, exactly. And again, we've used this, you know, I think we it's quite a nice barometer in the past when we spoke about McCartney uh, 2. Yeah. 
saying like it's an album I really enjoyed spending time with. Can't see running back to like have it on my shuffle or give the whole album a listen to anytime soon. I would class this as one of those for me. Enjoyed my time with it. Probably won't be rushing back to it. I would say it's probably better than McCartney too. Hmm. But I've listened to it a lot. And it, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. Of the I've, album or everything? The only album. Well, <laughs> so I've, I've had enough of people talking about the mistakes they've made or anything. I, yes. want, I want a little bit more joy. And I feel that Bond will give that to me. Oh, in space. Well, particularly, we've got View to a Kill. Yeah. I mean, early, early doors. I wrote, it is now August 2022. I wrote all my notes for this in September 2021. Oh, mate, I've not even listened to them yet. I'm going to go back and listen to all those songs because why the fuck not? Well, I'm going to have to assemble a playlist. Assemble the playlist. Um... This is the part of the show where I'd usually do find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, all that. As we stand at the moment, the marketing team have not gotten together. The new... Do do find us, but it will do... be under the old brand. Currently, <laughs> as we record, it's still the old brand. I've not yet gotten the handles on the new things to ensure we are men of no consequence. So hold fire, dear listener. Uh, we, we, I shall bore you next time with our social media handles. I can't imagine men of no consequences gone. <laughs> and, uh, not looked yet, but I'd be surprised. <laughs> In the same way that very few people have picked their lack of uh, oomph as the USB before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, ha- hold fire, dear caller, on our socials, and we shall have those for you next time. Uh, Although, you know, obviously, if you're motivated then by all means come find us and please do if you've enjoyed this these uh opinions uh please do like and subscribe to us if you can leave us a hopefully a five-star review i know every single podcast ask us now and um and i'm afraid i know i listen to these podcasts and i don't because i'm a lazy sod and i just i i take for granted adam i take for granted the time and effort these people put into things i don't bother i don't bother giving them my business or even a five star it's a quick thing to do but if you could and you're wonderful i do need to do that i listen to yeah i do i yeah i i'm i'm as guilty as you and i just have forgotten Mm. but yeah if you could that'd be let's you and i make a covenant and I'm talking to directly to the listener now, Mike, not you. Oh, let's do I'll it try. together. <laughs> do it. Yeah, let's yes, do it for my daughter who made her podcast debut. Don't make her cry. I mean, she was terrible, but still, she, do it for her. She was absolutely awful, wasn't she? Terrible, <laughs> my God. Um, and also to reiterate, if you do want some spoken word ambient music in your life, look and up Monk, Monkfish on SoundCloud. That's Monkfish, the two-track EP, Vital Ass Ever. <laughs> no further information about why we did that. Just leave nope. it. <laughs> nope. There's a, there is a reason it happened. We had our reasons. It's not for you to know. <laughs> <laughs> it, hey, tell you what. If enough of you like and subscribe, we'll tell you why we did it. Still won't make sense, but nevertheless. Let's get to at least 30 likes. Oh, like five st- 35 stars on iTunes. No, and then... And then like Kylie no, Simon your revealing, like Ten, Kylie Simon five. revealing, you're so vain. We'll reveal the origins of vital assets. That's right. And twenty years from now, like Don McLean, I'm going to dust off the scrap of paper where I was scribbling words down. <laughs> Turns out it was Warren Beatty. <laughs>
Das ganze Video soll rein. Voll für fünf. And with that, my friends, until next time when we shall bombard you with new rebranded opinions. I have been man of no consequence one, Mike. He has been man of no consequence prime, Adam. <laughs> for Enjoyed he, that. That's for, good. For he is with more opinion and less consequence. That's true. Zero consequence. <laughs> I can't even affect the direction of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I hold the editing. End. Yeah. Ah. Oh, bugging me. That's probably going to be long. So anyway, next time. Welcome back, everyone. See you. Lovely to see you all, dear hearts. Mm-hmm.